All right, what's going on, BE3? We have a whole different venue for you today. It's pretty cool. We are sitting in beautiful Naples, Florida. And again, I'm, you've got Jeff Beggins here. You've got Mr. Jim Beggins, the original hello, gangster. Hello, hello. You've got Craig Beggins here. And Mike Puma. And where, what are we doing here? We're at the Florida State Century 21 Conference, right? Which is kind of cool for us because we happen to be the largest real estate company inside of Century 21, the whole Southeast and certainly the state of Florida, which kind of is fun and keeps the pressure on to go do the things that we're doing. And I think it's kind of cool to have dad with us today, and which is why we kind of set this whole thing up. And what I think is cool is you've been attending these or doing these for a long time now. And I'm curious to see from, from your perspective, what's changed, what's not changed, and what are you seeing from from your perspective and, and when did you start this and where we are for today? Well, let's give the audience a, so dad started, <clears throat> that's dad. Yep. Dad started Century 21 <laughs> real estate. If you couldn't guess. <laughs> <laughs> dad started Century 21 real estate of Southern Florida in 1973 before the brand was even in the state. And he right. grew that from zero offices to 320 offices inside of 10 years. 4,500 4, salespeople. 4,500 salespeople. So he used to run these rallies. So take us back to 1973 where your first state convention and he normally doesn't come to these when we had to kidnap him and bring him down here so here we are so bring us back in time to, up to today well the main reason i came here was because i haven't heard from you in such a long time and i had three hours <laughs> alone with you in a car driving here yes you did you got an earful too and but then it was pretty cool reflecting because i went into the meeting this morning and sat in the back and it was deja vu because it Exchange. We had the same thing going on 45 years ago that we had now. A bunch of agents sitting in the room with brokers and saying, we don't know where the industry's going. We don't know how to get more contacts. We don't know how to get more business. And uh, just same questions, basically. If you eliminated the internet from the questions, the internet is just making everything faster. So that was it. I don't have anything else to say other than that. The brand is now trying to do the same thing that we did. Make your brand bigger, make your brand better, and figure out a way to tell everybody how big it is. I think I was surprised when they said 9,600 offices in 87 countries or something more. like that. But we knew that. Every agent, every customer knew how many offices, how many people, how big we were, and that's how we established it. And I think the president of Century 21, Mike, said that too. We have to be better at telling people how big this thing is. And I like what he said, 127,000 agents, and those aren't ghost agents. That's right. That's yeah, that was that nice one. That was good. <laughs> or ghost locations. Yeah, those are real locations. And, and we know that the world's getting smaller, really, so the people in all those whatever number of countries are interested, many of them, in relocating here or at least in what we do. Well, a lot of their investors in those countries are looking to get their money out of those countries because their, their economies are not as stable as ours. So they talked about today the new global exchange, which we thought was kind of stupid for decades. We have this international presence. Why don't we have a mechanism to talk with the people in China? Because there's a lot of Chinese investors coming over here, and if they had access to our salespeople to send referrals, we could do a lot more business. One of the things I thought was pretty interesting is seeing how strong the market truly is, 
and looking at it from an inventory perspective, we're a na on a nationwide perspective, about a four-month supply of homes right now, which is a healthy one is what? Six. Six-month supply. So we still have a, an inventory shortage going on across the nation with super low interest rates, right? And so you, we've never really seen this kind of catalyst of events with super low inventory, super high demand, super low rates, stock markets all-time high, consumer confidence out of control with a, a, a buying class entering this market for new household formations that we've never seen before with the millennial group buying, plus the boomers selling. And so we have so many cool things hitting at one time. It, I have, it, I've never seen it. And nobody really knows the impact of that, which is, is interesting because that's why there's so many new entrants trying to get into the market. I think it was kind of fun today talking about um, Purple Bricks just threw in the white flag and said, I'm out. And they left the U.S. after what, $75 million in losses or whatever the number was of just trying to to buy it. So well, what did Mike say? Ten years ago, the in outside investment into the real estate business was like $35 million a year. And now it's just top $4.5 billion this year. Yes. It's a lot of money coming into this industry. But he also said we are 20% of the gross domestic product in this country. And every time we sell a house, fifty to seventy thousand dollars gets circulated in the economy. That's a big, big That's aspect. A big deal. The home painters and the landscapers and the pool guy and the screen guy and the Home Depots and the housekeepers, the electricians, the, all that stuff. That's right. That's right. What I think is, is an interesting conversation from your perspective. You sold this from the beginning, where brands didn't matter because there weren't really any when you first started. And the argument is, screw the brand. I don't need a brand. Right. And then we spend all of our time here talking about how cool a brand is. Right. And which is true from your perspective. How did you battle that that issue from very beginning where you said, hey, you don't have a brand. They said, what is a brand? What is a brand? And you say <laughs> you need one. And they're like, screw you. I never had one and I'm fine. You're like, no, you need one. What's what was the branding conversation from 1973? Not to bore you, but the real estate industry back in that time was a real estate broker handling a geographical area near to his office because he had to be able to get back to the office quick enough to answer the phone which was this thing with a wire on it <laughs> all right so when we came in that was a that was a time when franchising was a word but it wasn't really established mcdonald's was had changeable letters on how many hamburgers they sold and we had some challenges in the state of Florida with uh, uh, shady franchises and things like that. And so we go into a broker and say, hey, you want to buy a real estate franchise? They say, well, what's a franchise and why would that ever work in real estate? So you had a whole different perspective where we said, well, we know that you're handling uh, real estate in South Miami. But if you buy my franchise, you can go to Hialeah, which is 40 miles away and you can handle a tra transaction there. And they say, why the hell would I do that? Right. Well, because you'd make more money. And they said, okay, well, what do we do? Well, you buy our sign and you can put your name little si under our sign. And the guy said, uh, well, how much are you going to pay me to do that? And you mean your name is bigger than my name on the sign? And wh what is this? So, you know, it's it kind of can be compared to today when there's too much knowledge out of there out here we have so much knowledge that we're confused every word that you said about the economy and the, all the numbers and all that stuff is valid and we you can support it with all kinds of information but what i see different from 
other times when the market was like it is now is that there's a, a an unrest underneath this whole thing. We don't know why it is. I don't know why it is. But when you get all this information from around the world and you try to filter all this stuff, you say, well, it could be this, but this could happen, that could happen, and all the other stuff. So we've got to simplify the whole thing. And that's what we're trying to do, setting up a podcast with uh, $9 million worth of equipment and stuff like that <laughs> to get a simple message out to people, which is have a better life, uh, have peace of mind, and what's the best way you can do that? What, what I see about that, and I, lo- and I love the, the, the backstory, it's, 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 it's fascinating to see what it's evolved from from when you started it to today and the simplicity of it all still. Now, there's 500 people here, right? Which is a fraction of the number of agents in the Correct. state. It's a, very, it's a great turnout. And the people here are driven people, right? And, I mean, we don't have They're to They're engaged. But we did this because we want to grow and we want to create new value so we can bring some more stuff down to the agents. But I think it's interesting because we, we have this brand chat a lot, right? The agents have it. We have it back and forth. And we start to see what what is it and does it really matter? And I think it's interesting because... The answer is it depends, right? Because we got people watching this from independence. We got people from all over the country, different places and countries in the world watching this one. Right. And I think brands matter when you want to grow a business, right? If you're going to reach out to the general public, like back to your example, if you were going to sell in Hialeah, right? That guy could have been really good in just Hialeah. But if he wanted to go into another marketplace, he wasn't going to be able to come. And Hialeah Realty isn't going to be able to do anything in South Miami, right? Or a different spot. So the brand allows you to have the credibility. And we always say you, you people buy with emotions and justify with logic, right? right. So I, to me, what the brand pre- represents, and it's really any brand. It justifies right? your logic stack. Justifies, hey, I like you. I trust you. You're good at what you do. You're a great real estate agent. And? And you have all this stuff behind you. So it's fun for me to see uh, just kind of a resurgence of the stuff that we have behind it. And now everyone, every brand you're watching, you, you try to package yours as being the best stuff that you have, right? And it, for me, it's exciting to actually see the power of this brand and how much juice is really behind it and the countries all around the world and all the different places that come together, but really don't matter unless you're trying to grow a business. If you're just going to do three or four deals a year from your cousin or your neighbor or the softball guy on your team and you're happy at that level, really doesn't matter as much, right? But when you're really trying to crush it and get a new business and grow and achieve something cool, I don't see how you could do it without it to grow something major. I don't know, though. I think I think a lot of agents are buying the model, not the brand, right? Because there's different models within the brand. So sure. if you think it from a, from an agent perspective, you know, think about the room we're down there, right? 500, 500 people, a few hundred different brokerages, all with different models within Century 21. Within the brand, right? Yeah. I think the brand does do a few things, whether it's Century 21 or Keller Williams or anyone. When you have a national brand, I think there are some interesting things that come with that from a business perspective. I look at it this way. There's a reason that McDonald's is able to succeed in so many places because if I'm traveling somewhere that I've never been before, there are some great mom and pops there, right? Restaurants. But I know what I'm going to get at McDonald's. And it's the same thing. When you have people moving from all over the country, if they've dealt with Century 21 before and it's familiar to them and they go into Miami or Tampa or anywhere else, 
and they have the option, now they're trying to decide who they're going to work with. That's where I think the brand matters because the brand can bring comfort and consistency. That's, yeah. From a consumer perspective. And they click on the ad right. first and right. they call on the sign first. Yeah, so that, I think that brings some value. But at the end of the day, from a business perspective on the agent level, the model has to matter to them. The model within that brokerage, whether it's Century 21 or Keller, it doesn't matter. The model that you're getting from your broker, I think, has to play a huge role in what you decide. Well, it comes down to value, doesn't it? And it's, yeah. it's like, Craig, you always say all the time, it's about your 1099 at the end of the day. Any business person, it comes down to how much money did you make to fund a lifestyle that puts a big-ass smile on your face. So all these different models have a, just a different spin on the same damn thing, which is how are you going to get to the amount of cash at the end of the, the year? And from we have to look at that from a brokerage perspective. The agents look at it from their perspective. And the customers are looking at it from their perspective, too. Because there's a lot of people saying, hey, I don't need to use you. I'll try it on my own or I'll buy a discounter for 1% or I'll go full service. And agents do the same thing and brokerages do the same thing. And we all look. But it's ultimately where is the value and what's going on in the right. market. Putting yourself in the best position. I mean, I had an agent a couple of weeks ago who called about joining us. And in the conversation, it came up that really they were more or less wanting to do flips themselves. They wanted to buy property and then flip it, right? You don't need us. And that's exactly what I told him after this whole conversation. Like, listen, you really want to come with us. Like, I'm, I'm happy to, to do this with you, but... You'd be silly not to go to a Charles Rudmerger somewhere where you're going to keep more of that commission, 100% shop because there's you're not, not growing the, a business. There's not the value we deals. can bring you. Like you're paying us for stuff you're not going to use, right? Now, if you're trying to build a real real estate business, then yeah, of course we we have so much to give that it's worth it. But I think you know, but it's how many brokers would have told him that, right? And that's the problem I see in the. There's so many people that were like, no, they because they just want the number, right? right? You're not the droid we're looking for. It's one yeah. of my favorite statements. I love saying that. Yeah. You're not the droid we're yeah. looking for. Yeah. And, and it's not going to end well. No, it won't. And and ultimately, we're going to spend time and money to bring that individual on. We're a few months in, they're going to re- yeah, they're going to realize that they're giving too much money for something they're not using, and they're going to leave anyways. And then we have money invested in, in time and firing them. So it's like, well, to a point, though, because ultimately what we do from – the leadership from you is from an, a life betterment perspective. So the question is what kind of lifestyle are you looking to build? If, if flipping three houses a year is going to make you 60 grand and you're happy with that, great. But do you want 120? Do you want 150? This is the system. And if he doesn't, don't be here. But if you, yeah. if you do, you do. Right. I wrote the, one of the four things that Mike was talking about today, which I'm curious to see how these, these four things have changed since 1973 to 2019. And he's like, the four things, the, what it takes for success in anything, is number one is honesty, ethics, and the ability to connect. Right? Go ahead. Give me the other ones. Number two, stay focused, organized on your plan, and have a clear direction about what your future is. Number three, be confident and stay your course. And number four is stay inspired and know your why. Sounds like a primary aim. So, yeah. So, but you've so, heard that before. <laughs> it sounds familiar. So, let's talk about those four. Well, let me tell you about the, the benefit of coming to a place like this for even a guy like me. Um, 
I heard a saying this morning that I haven't heard in 40-something years from a guy that I haven't seen in 20 years that got the saying from a guy that I haven't seen in 40 years who is now in his 80s. His name is Joe Clock, and he was the president of the Kai's Company, which was our biggest competitor in the 70s. And I think uh, they're now, uh, the president now is... Uh, I think they got 40, 50 offices now, so they're big present. And Joe Clock is retired in the Keys and was a great speaker and still is. And the saying is, this is and will always be a one-on-one -on -one people business. Think about it. And what one-on-one, -on -one, I have to relate to you before you're going to do business with me. And whether you're related by going out next to your office and knocking on a door or you're going uh, doing a podcast and it's going to China, it's the same thing. The attraction strategy. So once we think, once we keep that simplicity, then we can use all the complicated methods that we want to do as long as we keep that, that going. So well, that, that was the thing that I found. That was the thing I got out of this thing. The only thing that's I, different is the methods of attraction. Yeah. That's the only thing that's changed. You guys were talking about that this morning. Yeah. yeah. You just are looking for different ways to get face-to-face -face or phone-to-phone -phone or start that connection and that relationship. Well, that's frustrating because <clears throat> when we were selling real estate, it was get on the telephone. You'd call their landline. You'd buy the Hill Donnelly book. That's right. You'd call their landline. They'd answer it because they didn't know who it was, and they had to see what who was calling. And now with this, we all do it. We don't recognize the number. We don't answer it. Your customers are the same way. You are generating a ton of leads for that project we're working on, Lake yeah. Toscana. Every lead he sends me, I text them, I phone them, I email them. Not one has responded. They're but not, they went and the, they're not ready yet. Right. But the phone number was valid. The answering machine said their name. Yeah. The email didn't bounce back. The text message went through. They went to Facebook. They filled out a lead form, gave it all that information, and then didn't answer. It's just it's a whole different world today. And, and the answer is, you just got to keep following up. Until the red, like how many times all of us, and you watching too, there's a ton of open websites that I have interest in things, right? And I've asked for information and they, I have phone calls coming in while I'm sitting right here. I don't have time to take that. And I won't probably for the rest of the day. So it doesn't mean I'm not interested in that product. It right. just means I don't have, it's not on the top of my bandwidth right now. So if I forget about them and that person doesn't follow back up, they're dead. So that's, that's never changed, right? So it's, it's, face-to-face -face communication, follow-up just until they're ready. Yeah, but can't they even hit a text back? Hey, got your information, not ready yet? You know. I, do you all the time? Nope. See? Right. Well, Mike, Mike and I talked about the basic form of communication from my era, which was two tin cans and a piece of string. <laughs> that was a pigeon. <laughs> yeah. The little note around its little angle. I'm not that old. <laughs> But think about it, you, your limit of your exposure with the string and the two cans was the length of the string, and the longer the string got, the less you could hear. So now we are instantaneously going around the world. Yep. And pissed off when our signal's low. Yeah. Right. With what, with what is the, what's the outcome? Like what, why do we do this? Well, I think at its basic point, and we, taught, we touched on this this morning, I think if you just look at it from the basic level, Right, there's 500 people here. We have created the opportunity and framework for all 500 people to know who we are. Yeah. Right. 
I walked around yesterday and had people, my wife was like, you're like a celebrity here. Cause I had people literally coming up to me all over. Hey, you're my cool. We watch your guys content. Thank you. Like now as awesome as that admiration is, monetizing. It's, for me, it's not even the monetization. For me, it's the fact that that's what everyone should be doing, right? The fact that, you know, and I think that's what holds people up, though, is the, the cynicism of it is, well, we're, how does that monetize? My question is, I don't know, but while you're debating on whether it'll monetize, I'm going to just do it and see where it leads because you never know. As an example, there is a guy here who already wants to talk to us because they have an entire territory that we don't have. They've got a lot of resources that I think we could benefit from. And you never know how that's going to play out in the next year, two years, or five years, right? You just don't know. Right. So we're, creating, we're creating a framework and an opportunity. And if you're not talking to people, everyone, everyone at this conference has that ability. There's a thing called workplace that we leverage, right, right that gets you exposure that could lead to referrals. You, I have gotten three referrals in the last month from other agents through workplace i'm not an agent they're tagging me in it and giving me the business then i then give it out to our agents at a referral fee because you're top of mind because i'm top of mind they're not like you have this ability so for me it's just it's very basic you have a platform whether it's workplace facebook instagram youtube does not matter you have the ability to talk to the entire world yet no one's talking but that's the problem because there's too many people you can talk to right so back to your point, if you're if you can still be the Hialeah specialist, right, mm -hmm. and just get your market out to Hialeah, right, that's it. You could just get it to women in Hialeah that yep. are a certain age and demographic and education level that like a certain brand of beer, right. That's how niche down you can get into this to the market, which is so cool to be able to do right now. Well, you shape your audience. Think right. about think about this. Think about our podcast and our content. All we do is give. Best advice away for real estate agents, right? Yeah. If free. you're not a real estate agent, you don't care about what we're talking about. So they don't right. watch, right. right? So we shape it to them, knowing that the only people who are going to engage are them. And then we also see who is engaging more, and yeah. they see more stuff. Right. Because they like the stuff better. And yeah. it just keeps growing and growing. So that's the fun part about the, just the difference means means of, of connecting. Right. So we had connections. <clears throat> And then we have the other ones. Focus, organize, plan with a clear direction. Some right up your alley. How's that changed in 73 to 2019? Hasn't changed a bit. Still, it's 3% of the people have written goals. 97% don't. And gets me all pissed off to think about that. But there ain't a whole lot I can do other than try to get more of the 3% working with us. This was funny. We had a sales meeting on the beach last week and dad was doing it when you were gone. And, um, we had a little, um, interesting debate. Of As we always styles, do. Right. <laughs> so you've got dad's personality style being a high D high C, right. Control freak with analytics. It's just a, it's just an annoying combination to most people on the planet. Right. Only 90%. Right. That's it. So, but to dad's world, right. It, he, it, you damn well do it this way, specifically this way, or you're an idiot. With the number two pencil. That's right, the green one. <laughs> that's this law. The right? shark. That's shark, right? But that's perfect in his world. Unfortunately, most people don't like to hear that stuff. So we kind of jumped in and said, look, and it got into the primary aim that only 3% of the people actually have goals, and it's frustrating when the other ones don't. And I'm like, screw it, I don't care. Because if you're not going to have a goal, all we can do is empower, educate, and encourage over and over and over. And if you're going to receive the message and be helped, great. If you're not, 
by, we're going to find other people who want to be, right? And so just kind of letting it all go. And that's what I think is cool about being able to broadcast your message and your 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 just thoughts. Attract and repel. Attract and totally repel. And that's the beauty of this whole thing. And there's a lot of people that probably see you walking down the hallway like, Oh, yeah. You, oh, right? for sure. And that's just the way that it is. 100%. And that's fantastic. It's 50% of the world. Same thing with me. Same thing with you. Same thing with you. But there's 50% who don't. And that's the beauty of it. We're just forcing at a faster scale the division of the herd. Right, to the people that actually but the like customers it. are also identifying with the personality of the person that is reaching out to them. So sometimes if you reach out to them in a certain way, you're going to attract a bigger number of those people that are most like yourself that are easier, easiest right. to deal with. Well, you're going to go wider or deeper or both. Yeah. Right. You're either going to say, I'm going to become the master of Naples or I'm going to become the master of this neighborhood in Naples and I'm going to become the master of renters inside this neighborhood in Naples. Or I'm going to become the Southwest Florida shotgun person yeah. to try to snake some superficial relationship deals. Or I'm going to get <laughs> so deep into that neighborhood that everyone's going to know my name. And either one's fine, depending on your personality style. Some people will have the drive and the, the ability to go deep and do the research and, and have the, the, the forethought to go in there and really know everybody in that neighborhood. Other people are like, I don't even want to go to public records and do that search. I'll just do a broader deal. And we just have the ability and flexibility to do whatever we want. That's what I'm excited about. So we have to team up with the person that is the opposite to us that does the things that we don't want to do or that we're not good at. Now, yeah, that's what it, me saying you have to and you saying, oh, it's okay. Any way yeah. you do it and both are right. 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 Yeah. Not going to change. In our down. own minds. Right. You want to hunt them down. I don't care. That's the <laughs> that's the whole point until they care. Like when you do care, we care a lot, but we're not going to force you to care. Be confident and stay your path. How important is that? <laughs> when anybody sees me, what do I say first? What's your, What's your personality and your primary aim? It's consistent. Yeah. Yep. This so, so consistent, it's sickening to most people. <laughs> because what you really do is like, oh, shit, I got a high eye person. I don't want to talk to him anymore. Go work in the Beach. Right. right. Call <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Call Jeff, even though he doesn't answer his phone and he tells you that he doesn't answer your phone and you're not mad at him. Text me. If I said, I don't answer my phone, they say, you son of a bitch, Ryan. <laughs> Last one. Be inspired and know your why. Now, from the very beginning, you had to have a hell of a why to start a brand new industry in 1973. Well, being brought up the oldest of 11 children, I had to earn my own way. Yeah. So from delivering papers to buying my first car with the paperboy money to joining the service because I didn't have the money to get a decent job, to using that money to be a commercial pilot, to not having a lot of time. Uh, I had a lot of time off, so I said, what can I do to make money to support my family? Well, I could sell real estate part-time, and then it went on and on and on and on. And then I figured out, you know what, it's a lot easier if you write down where you want to be at some point and then everything you do, you kind of direct, say, is that helping me get there or not helping me get there? And then that's that's what over the years has got to what we're doing with the Art of Life Betterment. I think that's the number one thing in our company. Make people, If we can make 
customers' lives better, the agents' lives will be better, the managers' lives will be better, yeah. and everyone's life will be better. You point pretty quickly. You made the decision to provide for the family, right? Yeah. Which I wasn't part of the family at that point yet, right? You were. And, but you had a vision well, to do something. We had monthly something. payments to, on Craig because we couldn't afford to pay the whole amount from the hospital bill. So I had to have the money. Yep. You didn't get them repoed? No. Repossess them. I would say you weren't fully owned there. That's good. That's you got to repo you. You got to pay you get, That's Yeah, a good well, thing. you're lucky. So Can you do that again? Where, <laughs> <laughs> where was the drive, though? Where was the drive to, to do something? The drive there was in fear. Okay. And if you can get rid of the fear and get into love, or you get into uh, writing a movie of your, of your life, what was the fear how do you of, want it to back, be? Back to the fear. What was the fear? Well, I had a, had a kid in the hospital that I wanted to get out. Right. <laughs> I had to have an agreement yeah, to pay for him before that. And, you know, frankly, it, there was, when it got tough, I had a, um, was working on airplanes, putting guns on the, on the wings of airplanes, and it wasn't enough money, so I got a job in a sheet metal shop that was right next to that. But if you, if you punched in 15 minutes late, you got back, uh, back, charge. back charge an hour. So I figured because it was right next door, I could go and I had a little box set up next to the fence so I could jump over the fence from the one job to punch in on time to the other one to save an hour. Now, that got, you know, I mean, that's pretty tough. Yeah. But then later on, right next to that was Aero Facilities and I got in customer service where I learned about rich people, which I really liked that because I took care of the jets that came in with Frank Sinatra's jet and Sammy Davis Jr., and I would get to clean the things out, and I'd see what kind of steaks they had in there that they didn't eat, and what kind of great scotch they had, and you know. And your pants, so, your pockets got bigger in the pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was. I mean, the, the, those three jobs were within um, a thousand feet of each other at different times, and I learned different things from all of them. But it, it initially came out of fear, and then it came out of. Hey man, do I want to be one of those people that can fly around the world in a private jet and all that stuff? And you know, so then it got into the thing where, well, I I, I have too much crap going on in my life right now, so I can't say I'm going to be doing that right away. But maybe in five years I could do that. And then we got involved with with this five year plan, primary aim thing, and that was from the E Myth, which I got involved in and coaching and all that stuff. And it just evolved into something that, since we've had Beggins Enterprises, we have had the same system going that we've refined over, what, how many years? 20, 27 years. 27 years. We're taking something that was started with Century 21 45 years ago. Very simple. And it's actually more simple now than it was before because now it's not the art of real estate. It's the art of life betterment. Yeah. That can be used by anybody in any industry or or just, you know, anybody. Well, that's what's frustrating to me because it is the art of life betterment. And unfortunately, a lot of agents don't see the opportunities this industry gives them. You know, I spent a lot of time last week going through production reports and analyzing who's doing what. And, you know, sure you do. Agent. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Um, 
agents making four hundred thousand dollars a year. Doctors don't make that much, you know. And then other people don't do anything, but they got a license. So for me, it's it's, it's racking my brain. How do we inspire them to want more? I think that's what he glossed over again quickly on this one was the exposure to the rich people on the planes. Right. And if you want to track back to, there's a catalyst to everything. It was fear of not providing for a family. And at the same time, you're like, shit, they just threw away a filet mignon and a $200 bottle of scotch. No, they didn't. I got it. <laughs> you got it. You just dusted it off. Don't need it. I gave great. it to my, my ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. But think about that. So that, that creates the synapse situation going, shit, I need to provide. But wait a second. That's a nice plan. What's the difference? And they're not all Frank Sinatra's. They're business people. They started companies and all those things. So that somewhere started a wiring mechanism going on inside the world that started the primary aims and the focus and all the plans. Sammy Davis Jr. still owes me 50 bucks because I washed his plane. And when I was up on the top of that plane washing it and saying, wow, I'm going to get 50 bucks, I said, what if I own one of these things? So the way you get inspiration is kind of, Weird sometimes. Wouldn't it be funny if Sammy Davis Jr. is watching this podcast? He's dead. I checked. <laughs> he checked. <laughs> right. like, so the heirs, you owe 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't and you'll never I get think, a plane wash for 50 bucks these days. This is something intriguing for me, though, because I think the I think a lot of people have whys, right? I think a lot of people have goals. They, have, they, they want the car, or at least they say they want you know that lifestyle. But do they? Because I feel like when your why is bigger than your excuses, then you will actually do it, right? But for a lot of people, their why isn't – it's not a big enough driver to get them to actually take action. 97% don't have a why. Yeah, but I mean so when you ask them though, they're going to be like, oh, well, it's my family. Well, do you not love your family then because you're not doing enough <laughs> to provide? Like, you know, like that would be my rebuttal to them. But I think it's inter- it's just an interesting – psychological thing and i don't know what it is necessarily but you have a lot of people if you go around the room next week and next level all of them will have come up right what they'll come they'll create a why on the spot on the spot but i think that's something that it they're saying it because they think it's what you guys want to hear not what they actually want or what's going to drive them and that's what's interesting and i think we've talked about this before i think it's for a lot of people to take action, it's that I have no other choice, right? Like physically, I'm uncomfortable. My back is against the wall. I literally can't do anything other than move forward. And then at that point, they'll actually do something. But there's always another choice. That's And that's what people retreat to. I mean, I was talking to an interview the other day in South Tampa. I mean, it was one of the harshest interviews that I had. <laughs> I felt bad. I felt like you for a second there. And I mean, really, the script was... You've got zero chance of ever making it in this industry. Like not. No, zero, that's like, like, less that's like a zero. direct quote, actually, mm-hmm. from that interview. It was, <laughs> and then, but it, we actually inspired. We actually uncovered a why about forty minutes into it, which I was going to spend four seconds with him. But then there was something, and there it kept going. But it came down to what is that inspiration? But I think it's the it's the inspiration point, right? And now it's easy to find pictures, but until you get emotionally connected, you don't get more emotionally connected than laying on top of the freaking airplane. 
right? And seeing it and smelling it and hearing it and peeing in the toilet and all the stuff you probably did in there, whatever you did, right? All of that. All of that. <laughs> Keep I mean, going. That, <laughs> I had the keys to it. We're not going it was in. late at night. <laughs> and then uh, we're going to get mom on a podcast those, and find out those, what you guys are really doing. For those 15 doing. minutes, I was in <laughs> private jet. <laughs> That, but that was the inspiration. It's the emotional connection that I think most people lack. You go to Pinterest and get a, a cool car. That's not the same as smelling it and driving it and feeling it. And it's the more the emotions that you get as a result of getting that one. But that inspiration point to you, you ended up growing a big company. You got your plans. You got arrested for drug smuggling in the Bahamas. We'll get to that story another time. And then we... But he had the... Uh, <laughs> But he had the inspiration piece. But I can still go there. <laughs> With special permission. <laughs> With a but I don't want to. A mask. <laughs> With a private jet only. But <laughs> that's the issue, though, is the emotional connection, I think. And what we've been exposed to from you has been invaluable, right? Yeah. Just to be able to hang out with the people and do the things and be on the boats and planes and be able to see it all and see it all not and see which one you like better. Right? You could see a high lifestyle and a low lifestyle and realize which one you like better and realize what it takes to do it because you bust your ass nonstop and we see that it takes busting ass with a vision. But you've got to be able to have that core drive that's emotional, which I think most people don't really have if you get right down to it. Like, it sounds good, but do you really want that feeling that comes well, I with think getting that? A lot of people don't know. They never experienced it in the first place. So we were blessed because we experienced. We'd spent every weekend at Ocean Ocean Reef Club in Key Largo. Right. Right. And we were not the biggest yacht in the marina, but we always looked at the biggest yacht in the marina and said, that'd be nice to have the biggest yeah. yacht in the marina. Yeah. I was going to ask you along those lines, um, YPO and WPO, the exposure you got oh my gosh, to that. The educations. That... To me, we were, most of these guys in, in Young President's organization were heirs to the throne of another company. There were only about 15% that were entrepreneurs. So I was a little guy there, but you guys got exposed to these big guys. I mean, holy shit. And Still how did are. that affect what you're doing? Well, yeah, you're, you're exposed to them more than I am anymore. But my point was to the agent, if you haven't experienced it, you don't know what it's like, right? So it's a big advantage for us. And I wanted to say this, that part of it is, you know, we do pretty well. And, but too often people play it down because you don't want to make a big deal because they just go, well, you're making too much money. No, you make money as a result of helping people. Yeah. So the more money you have, the more help you've given, that's a reward. But I think too many people play it down. If you're doing well, share it. Expose it to other people that I want to be like him. That's right. Like your Rolls Royce story. Yeah. You know, half of your brokers were pissed off because they were paying you too much money because you had a Rolls Royce. And mm-hmm. half of the brokers said, shit, I want to be just like him. Attract yeah. and repel. So at that point. Now, there was a lot of pressure in that too because the decision was do you do that do you do you take the chance that you're going to piss off half the people and they think you're a jerk or are you going to do what you what have a why yeah that's that's a good point now here's an interesting point for that side of the table real quick you're doing your primary aim right now mm-hmm. how difficult is that it's gut-wrenching and that's the reality of it, is because you, know, you, we've, you had to do it. Twice. And this is important because as partners and leadership in a company, if, we can't, if we're not aligned in a vision, how can the company work, right? I mean, or how, how can it keep your attention? If 
Puma wants to make a certain amount of cash, which is not in line with what you want to make or what I want to make, he's not going to be fulfilled totally from this perspective. This will be part of it, but it's not going to fulfill the whole thing. So that's why we push and you push us hard to make sure that we get everyone's primary aim together so you can appreciate what it is. And no matter what, it's all right. There's no wrong one. Yeah, because if we don't know what you want, your why, how can we talk about it? Right. How can the company move forward? Right. And that, that's the whole point. So we're in an internal situation here. We're all redoing our primary aims because we've got a, a million different paths we can go. Right. And the question is, where do you want to actually go to? But I think that's a huge thing for most people, anyone watching that, because I think it evolves. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I've been here about two years and I've already done it twice now. Like, it, because it keeps changing. Hey, let's do it every 90 days. Hey, Daddy, hey Daddy's doing a podcast, baby. I'm going to get back with you in just a minute. <laughs> we need to bring but, uh, Kai. In. Hi, Kai. Yeah. Grandpa's Kai, here. what's Kai. up? <laughs> You're in the middle of a podcast bill over here. And he's got no clothes on. He's eating mango, eating mango naked is a perfect one. Kai, you have, the, you have the life, dude. I want his life. I'm, there's my future so there's life. My wife. I love you, dude. I'll call you back in a little bit. Bye. Bye. Bye, Kai. <laughs> how to take that call. No, but I think, I think in, in summary, I think that's the issue because it's gut-wrenching for you to do because here's the, here's the tough part about it. You don't have to do shit. Yeah. That's the reality of it. You don't. You're, it's good the way it is. Don't have to grow. But we can't do ours until he does his. We can. But it's affected by what he does. Unless, unless ours says... Well, no, we can't because we don't know what you want, and it's your company oh, and control. Mind. Yeah, but, but no. Every agency exact same though, because you don't have to do anything different. You got enough coming in to, to maintain your lifestyle. You do too. I do too. You do too. You do too. You do too. Watching, right? So where's the inspiration to do something either different or more, right? And I think that's the toughest part of the primary aim is what's the lifestyle that you're looking to create that puts a big-ass smile on your face? Well, all four of us sitting here probably want this company to be at some level that we don't even know about or we haven't figured out yet, or at least we haven't shared it, because we don't know. Well, we know... A month ago, I didn't know I was going to sell an office, my, my office, but then an opportunity came up, and it's fit in my primary aim. Yeah. But and since it happened it. so quick that now I got to redo my primary aim because that then what do I do with the cash that comes from that and what do I do with you know from the next point on. But I think to we have to just be very clear and we've got next level university coming next week and we're going to spend a lot more time on this with the agents because it's not just a thing it's everything that comes comes along with that. And it's hard for us to do, and it's as it's hard for us to do, and we have a lot of inspiration pieces around us, right? And for those without a lot of the same inspiration pieces, it's it's a Pinterest exercise that there's no emotional juice, and then you wonder why people come in and they go gung ho that day, and then they fizzle out and don't do shit because there was no emotional connection to a next level lifestyle. So I think that's what it comes down to is whether it's seventy three or twenty nineteen, right? Where is the emotional charge to the next level lifestyle? It's either working less. Or making more from doing less, or making more from doing more, or doing something different, or doing it with different people, or being with somebody different, or traveling somewhere different. But it's all of those things come in and force a, force decisions. But they don't have to happen. That's the biggest 
frustration point we have, I'd have at least, I'll just speak for myself, is seeing people not come up with what their next level that really truly juices them beyond beyond not having it, right? And it's either towards or away. Funny thing is, you know what's got um, one of our agents, Brian, right? On the beach, this is funny. Couldn't get the contacts made from a coaching perspective because of getting the goals and actually providing for his kids and providing a college education, right? But I'm getting the contacts now because he has to write a check to Bernie Sanders' campaign every <laughs> Friday for 500 bucks that we're going to go live on Facebook and show he's, he's a Republican, doesn't want Bernie to win. Right. So I actually physically have checks writ out to the Bernie Sanders election campaign that I'm sending to his campaign if he doesn't document and show his contacts. He's working hard for that. He does not miss a day, will not miss a week. But his kids' education, fuck it. Right? But Bernie Sanders, no way. So it doesn't matter what the oh, hopefully his wife's not watching. <laughs> and Trump is, he appreciates it. But so but you see, that's the whole point of primary aim. It's either fear based or it's inspiration based and i think a lot of people are, it's easier to come up with the fear it's harder to get emotionally inspired by the inspiration well i think you know one of the things i have a challenge with and ask this question at every university is how many of you are not able to make your mortgage payment if you're not successful in real estate and the answer is not many not many yeah so it's really even more important that they get creative and that's why in our trainings and the team huddles i'm doing in the mornings i'm trying to get them to think about you know, what it would be like five years from now, 10 years from now, if you did some investing in real estate. And, you know, I'm in my 50s now, I'm thinking about passive income. Passive income is a great thing. If you can get somebody wrapped around getting some passive income, then maybe you can do some of this. Yeah. It's just that's what we do as an organization. We're just constantly prodding to find out a spark to get people off their ass to go Empower, do something. Empower, educate, encourage. That's it. That's the whole BE3. Mantra, BE3. So, anyway, I think wrapping up on this one, what are the, from then to now, what do you, what's the similarities? It's still lunchtime now, as it was then, and let's go have it. Time to go have some lunch. <laughs> cool. Final thoughts, Greg? Um, just keep in mind, the world is your oyster. Decide how big an oyster you want. There's so many things that work. You know, we had a little branding discussion. I want to close on that. Well, not maybe a close, but you know, something else I've noticed is a big change. It's not just Century 21 that we're talking about anymore. They did a lot of pushing on Realogy itself, yep. which is really cool. And I think that's something else that I don't want to get out there because controlling one out of every four real estate transactions in the, in the country is a big deal, right? And the resources and the talent that attracts is huge. If you want to grow a business. If you want to grow a business. If you want to grow a business, there's no better. Yeah, you go to Podunk Realty and, and sell houses. Right. To your cousin. Well, we interviewed another company a couple of weeks ago, about a week ago. And they were hell bent on saying the brand doesn't matter. It's all about the agent in the living room. Yeah. Right. But that's not true because if there was actual competition in the in the listing process, I'm that, gonna blow them away. That's the key. If your cousin is moving here, they're gonna buy from you no matter which company you work. For. Right. Right. So from a buyer side sphere, you don't need a brand. Go do whatever the hell you want to go do. Right. If you're gonna go get listings and you're gonna actually have to earn trust from people you don't know, you're stupid to not have a brand. And right. if you are going to have a brand, might as well have the biggest one. But I think most you. agents watching are not out competing for business. They're just taking what comes their way. Right. But our point is... If they weren't, they'd be doing 30, 40, 50 deals a year. But that goes back to the primary aim. Because if you're not out competing for business, then you're just getting the status quo easy shit that just comes to you. Uh -huh. You need to have the extra 100 grand to buy the duplex to spit off the passive income. So you got to get off your butt. Right? right. And 
right? You just have to. Yeah, but I can wait to do that next year. Yeah, you can when the market <laughs> sucks and it's all over. So it's our point is to empower, educate, and encourage and say, yeah, you do six deals in your sleep, but wake up and do 16 because you should have a little apartment complex so you don't have to work in five years from now or right. 10 years from now. So that's the inspiration point for anybody watching. With If you've got deals coming to you, great. Go get more. Right with the economy the way that it is, and the markets the way they are, and, and low inventory and high demand and consumer confidence, the stock market doesn't get any easier. You've seen a lot of recessions, ups and downs. How does this? How does this market right now rate from the highs and the lows of of just the ability to do business? Of course, it's the highest market we've ever seen. Stock market has set new records. Uh, prices are high when we look at location. Uh, the state of Florida is the best buy in the entire country. Uh, Not all the state. Huh? Our particular area, for sure. Oh, I, I think I think the whole state, if you're comparing inland to inland and stuff like that, because people are getting out of other states, you know, things like uh, state income tax and all that. Um, I think the future of Florida is awesome. That's why I look behind us. That's it. So... All right, well, a new format today just because we're here in Naples and we just wanted to bring some perspectives to you guys watching. And um, as always, let us know what we can do to help you. Guys, find the inspiration piece. If you need help, reach out, hit us up. We'll walk you through your auto life, Betterman, I don't care what company you work for. Rising Tide raises all boats. Mm -hmm. That's why we're doing what we're doing to help everybody out because take advantage of this time. It's never been better. So thank you for watching. Thank you. Have a great day, guys.